Stay up to date and engage with the financial world. You're listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. In 2005, a Chinese businessman by the name of Joseph Chen founded RenRen.com, a social media company very similar to Facebook. In 2009, Facebook was banned in China, giving a massive opportunity for local startups like RenRen to develop in the massive Chinese market. RenRen saw some initial success, and by 2011, they had 100 million registered users and more than 20 million monthly active users. Given the huge opportunity in the Chinese market, international investors were excited to invest in the Facebook of China. RenRen IPO'd on the New York Stock Exchange in 2011, raising $700 million at a valuation close to $6 billion. As it turns out, RenRen can be more accurately labeled as the MySpace of China rather than the Facebook of China. Throughout the 2010s, Tencent's WeChat app became the dominant social media platform by far, and in 2014, RenRen's monthly active user numbers consistently declined. The disappointing results caused RenRen's share price to decline by almost 90% in 2018. By this point, RenRen.com was basically worthless, as it had very few users and generated insignificant revenue. In 2018, RenRen.com was sold to another Chinese company for $60 million, or about 1% of their IPO valuation seven years prior. It's not unusual for a business to fail. This happens all the time. But with RenRen, the story continues. Throughout an elaborate scheme, RenRen founder and CEO Joseph Chen and his associates allegedly expropriated hundreds of millions of dollars worth of company assets at the expense of minority investors. It was a highly sophisticated scheme with involvement by multiple parties, including the Japanese technology investor SoftBank. In June of this year, a New York court ordered Chen and his associates to pay $300 million worth of compensatory damages to RenRen's minority shareholders. Before the settlement gained serious steam in the courts, RenRen's stock was basically worthless, trading at less than a dollar per share. Now it has increased 30-fold to more than $30 per share, purely because of the $300 million settlement which will be paid as a special dividend to investors at some point. RenRen was founded in 2005, one year after Facebook, and it had some glaring similarities. Similar to Facebook, RenRen was first launched in college campuses to be used by students. In fact, RenRen's original name was Xiaonei, which translates to On Campus. In 2008, they changed the name to RenRen, which translates to Everybody. This rebranding was meant to appeal to a wider audience beyond college students. The platform grew substantially after China banned Facebook in 2009, and by 2011 they had over 100 million registered users. However, their glory days would soon peak. Starting in the early 2010s, smartphones became capable and cheap enough to gain widespread adoption. The mobile-first WeChat application had far greater functionality and ease of use. By 2014, active user numbers started to decrease. Social networking platforms rely on the network effect to become successful. If a few of your friends stop using it, you have less reason to use it. And once you stop using it, your remaining friends will also be less likely to continue as well. Because of this, even a small decline in active users can catalyze a snowball effect where user numbers collapse. And this is exactly what happened to RenRen. By the middle of the decade, it was clear that RenRen.com had gone the way of MySpace and was almost worthless as a business. RenRen's senior management team knew this, so they started diversifying into other business models. Remember that they raised $700 million from their 2011 IPO. Some of this money was used to fund RenRen.com's cash burn, but there were still hundreds of millions of dollars left over. 
They created an automobile dealership subsidiary called Kaixin Auto, which sells premium used cars in China. They also acquired some US-based companies, including TruckerPath, a software company for commercial truck drivers. But their most significant investment by far was their acquisition of a roughly 13% stake in the personal finance company SoFi. By 2018, SoFi was not yet publicly traded, but it was doing extremely well and its valuation in the private markets was surging. In 2018, Joseph Chen decided Renren should sell its stake in SoFi. The stated rationale is that because SoFi is a financial company, such a large stake in it could open up Renren to burdensome regulatory and accounting requirements. This very well may have been true, but the problem was SoFi was not publicly traded, so it could be difficult to find a buyer. Chen decided that he would solve this problem by selling the SoFi stake to himself. The deal was structured as follows. Chen created a new shell company called Oak Pacific Investment, or OPI. OPI would pay Renren about $300 million for SoFi as well as a few smaller assets. Renren shareholders had two options. Either they could accept the cash and receive a special dividend of about $9 per share, or they could convert their shares to OPI shares and effectively continue owning the SoFi stake. However, to own OPI shares, you need to be an accredited investor and have a minimum investment of $5 million. This excluded the vast majority of retail investors. But founder Joseph Chen and SoftBank, which owned about 40% of Renren at the time, were able to buy shares in OPI. The end result of the deal was that Chen, along with other insiders and SoftBank, sold the SoFi stake to themselves. The transaction valued SoFi at approximately $2 billion. This is less than half of the valuation from the latest private funding round, which valued the company at $4.3 billion. In fact, Renren itself sold part of its stake in SoFi a year earlier at a valuation in excess of $4 billion. Minority investors were furious because they received a $9 cash dividend for a SoFi stake that was probably worth closer to $20 per share. Renren tried to justify the low valuation by saying that these types of large private market transactions almost always have discounts attached to them due to the lack of liquidity. But the fact that the discount was so large and the shares were sold to a related party made the whole affair extremely suspicious. After the SoFi sale, Renren's other businesses didn't do very well. Later that year, they sold their namesake Renren.com social media platform for just $60 million. Only $20 million of that was cash. The remaining $40 million was paid in shares of a private Chinese company of questionable value. In 2019, they IPO'd their Kaixin automobile dealership business by merging it with a SPAC. It was soon reported in Chinese media that Kaixin was a fraud, and the stock price has fallen by 95%. All they have left is a couple of software companies like TruckPath, which may be worth something but are on a tiny scale compared to the SoFi stake. Almost immediately after the deal was announced in 2018, a group of minority investors led by the Hong Kong-based hedge fund Oasis Management filed a class action lawsuit against Renren Insiders. In December of 2020, SoFi went public by merging with IPOE, one of Chamath Palihapitiya's SPACs. The IPO valuation was $8 billion, four times higher than the $2 billion valuation that OPI bought its stake for in 2018. The fact that the valuation had increased by 2020 is not directly relevant to the settlement. But the fact that SoFi is now publicly traded means that OPI has at least hundreds of millions of dollars of liquid assets that they can use to pay compensation. In June of 2022, a New York court awarded $300 million of compensatory damage to Renren's minority shareholders after four long years of litigation. This is supposed to make up for the fair value of the assets at the time of the transaction. 
As part of this settlement, Joseph Chen, SoftBank, and a few other insiders have to pay $300 million, which will be distributed pro rata to the minority shareholders. The $300 million settlement appears to be fully priced into the stock, as $300 million translates to about $25 to $30 per share, depending on which shares are considered to be still owned by the defendants. Interestingly, the minority shareholders are likely to receive more than they would have had OPI paid them a fair price in 2018. OPI underpaid Renren by about $300 million, but the defendant's shares are not eligible to receive the settlement. This means that the minority shareholders get a greater per share payout. Including the 9% special dividend that they got in 2018, minority shareholders are likely to get a total of $35 to $40 per share. At fair value, the assets probably would only have been worth $20 per share. So for now, it looks like Renren is one of the first fraud cases where retail investors get the last laugh. Over the years, there have been countless Chinese fraud cases. The vast majority of the time, investors end up holding the bag. For example, with Luckin Coffee, the sales and profits were fake. The company couldn't compensate shareholders because it was on the brink of bankruptcy itself and just didn't have the cash. In other cases, the assets in question are held in China, beyond the reach of US jurisdiction. The founder can embezzle the IPO proceeds, change their name, and disappear into some tropical island never to be seen again. In the case of Renren, the assets were kept within the US. In hindsight, this was either an incredibly brazen or reckless move, or Chen and his associates truly believed that the 50% discount that they put on the SoFi shares was fair. Either way, they are now paying a heavy price for this mistake. You've been listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. Don't miss a minute wherever you go. Wall Street Millennial, signing out.